Come on. Welcome to Life Love. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Dr. Holly Richmond. Dr. Holly, are you ready to do this? I am. Thank you so much for having me back, George. I'm excited to have you back on. Dr. Holly is a certified sex therapist, sex tech consultant. She's the author and creator of Reclaiming Pleasure. Dr. Holly, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love doing what I do and I feel like it's a constant evolution. Um, so I started out in, in this profession working with um, sexual trauma specifically. So I started my career at a rape crisis center and quickly learned that I was taught well how to treat trauma, but I didn't know how to treat the what comes next. And that what comes next is great sex and healthy relationships. So my reclaiming pleasure platform is really building off all of the pleasure connection and control based aspects that people need to feel like the, their best, most erotic selves. Got it. Well, I appreciate that. It's a really difficult to, to figure out how to help somebody through one phase, but then you recognize, okay, that's great. We did this, but now what, right? This isn't the end because now there's an opportunity to, to maybe the term is be proactive. Right. Yeah, absolutely. To get out there and practice and in the therapy space, in the therapy room, we, we go through all of the skills and of course they're practicing them with me and they're modeling them with me, but for people to really be happy, obviously that has to happen in life. So I feel like the, the biggest part of my job that I get excited about is again, finding pleasure, finding connection, finding eroticism for each person. And when I use the word erotic, that really means life force or vitality, vivacity, creativity. It's not necessarily sexual. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. But it's really like, where is that fire coming from? And how do we apply that to ourselves and to our relationships? Yeah. So are there certain elements that that, that you look to that really go into a healthy relationship? Absolutely. There's three that I talk about with every client, almost every individual. And I think um, whether you're in a relationship or not, these are three great concepts to think about. Um, but for, for couples, especially long-term couples, I feel like these three can, can kind of taper off a little bit. So I'm excited to talk to you today about how we can help couples refocus. Yeah. And it, I think that that's, I'm, so my wife and I've been married for 10 years and we have two kids. And so we're probably a pretty common case study where we were talking before we started about school and getting kids from place to place and work and everything else. So uh, if you're not intentional about things, if you're not paying attention, then I think maybe it, things just atrophy or they get pushed to the, the whatever it just isn't doesn't become a priority and unless you make it a priority. So I think this is going to be helpful for, for, for lots of people. So tell us what these three things are. Yeah. Let's, so let's dive into number one. And I loved your words, intention and priority. Um, I'm sure when you and your wife first started dating, you were very intentional about those dates and they were a priority. So my first tip for healthy couples is to kind of harness that energy. And it's this, Give each other active appreciations daily. 
It sounds so simple. And George, I can't tell you how many couples I've sat down with and I'm like, are you appreciating each other daily? Are you saying thank you? And get this, are you saying good morning and good night? And the blank stares I get, I mean, just, <laughs> just a good morning and a good night, just to kind of bookend our day in love and family and partnership and in, in appreciation. So active appreciations, it can literally be, hey, I appreciate that you picked up the kids from school today. That was such a huge help for me. Or I appreciate how kind you are to my Aunt Betty. She's a pain in the butt. I know you go out of your way to do that. Or just, hey, George, thanks. Like, I totally felt like you had my back there. But these are the little things that that couples, long-term couples stop, stop doing. And when they're not there, then we start feeling taken for granted. And if that goes on for long enough, it leads to resentment. Resentment is one of the key killers of happy relationships. If a couple comes to me and I'm just seeing resentment coming from everywhere, that's I'm in a really tough place because diminishing resentment when it's been there for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 50 years, you've got a whole mountain of stuff to dig through. So the antidote to resentment is appreciation. I think that we've all experienced that in, in some form or fashion with some relationship, either we've seen, like, as we're listening, we can picture either in ourselves or we picture relationships that we've seen and they're just, you know, like, wow, those people are just at each other's throats or they just really don't seem to really like each other. And the antidote to that is, I was thinking it's, you know, death by a thousand cuts, but it's, it's successful relationship by a thousand, um, appreciations right it's 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 mm. it's these little things that's a beautiful way to say it almost every couple that i'm working with that's in trouble it's a death by a thousand paper cuts there's um, there's rarely some egregious you know thing that's happened um that's that's breaking this couple apart it's the little things it's the little things we they don't hear me anymore i'm not seen i don't have my voice we're not having sex i'm not appreciated all of these little pieces mm -hmm. So does, I, I, I remember reading this book, um, the however many love languages mm -hmm. and my wife and I talking about how, how they like to be, how, how, how each of us likes to be, or has preferences on if it's like do nice things for me or say nice things to me, things like that. How important is that? Um, is it important at all? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's very important. I, um, I appreciate the love languages. Now, this is not like they're not clinical findings. Um, I'm not typically going to prescribe a love language. I think it's really important for each person to know how they receive love and how they give love and mostly how their partner wants to receive love and give love. Because if those cues are being missed, if one person's language is gift giving and one person's language is acts of service, so this acts of service just keeps doing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, things like that. The person who's like, oh my gosh, I would love it if you bring me flowers. She's going to completely miss the dishes and the mm -hmm. laundry. And um, and if, if he's needing acts of service, right, we usually like to receive how we give. And she keeps buying him, oh, I got you this new shirt. Hey, check out these cool sneakers I just picked up for you. He's going to be like, great, but I don't really like gifts. Yeah. Yeah. So... That, 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 that makes a ton of sense. I, I, I also love the idea of, of, of the book ending because I find that those are the times that you have a little bit more control over. Um, 
is is there something that and it depends for everybody um do you encourage people to try to do an act of appreciation a certain number of times like throughout the day or in the beginning if they're really struggling i'm going to say three acts three acts of appreciation daily, but always with those bookends. Um, and George, I wanna say for couples that travel, and I feel like the world's opening back up and couples are traveling more, this bookend idea is critical for those people. So when we wake up in the morning, there's a good morning text or literally a, a one minute phone call. How was your night? How did you sleep? And then at the end of the day, the same thing. And if people are in different time zones, this text should still be there. So they see it when they wake up or they see it when they go to sleep, or again, they just have that quick check-in from you. It just, it really holds the container of love and appreciation, and I'm thinking about you. I love it. Holds the container of love and appreciation. <laughs> yeah. All right, so active appreciation daily. What is the next one? The next one is give each other the benefit of the doubt. Okay, so let's talk about that. What does that mean? It means when we are in long term partnerships, most of the time when our partners irritate us, hurt our feelings, it's because of misattunement, not because of malice. Hmm. So they're not trying to irritate us. They're just not attuned to us in that moment. So what happens is if someone's not giving their partner the benefit of the doubt, every one of those misattunements becomes a big effing deal. And the, the relationship just gets chipped away at, chipped away at, chipped away at. And I hear things like we fight all the time. We're argue, we're always arguing. He doesn't get it. He just, I ask him not to do something and he does it again. Um, that's misattunement. And, and usually again, these couples, I sit with them. I'm like, wow, you guys really like each other and you really love each other. What is happening here? I think that that is such a powerful and important thing. Um, another spin on that that I've heard um people talking about i think it's really from assuming that the government is when you're not happy about something assume that it's incompetence and not malice so with a relationship and your significant other let's assume that they're not wanting to make you irritated or do you harm they're just it's just misattuned what a great word that is great term yeah yeah it and this i mean you can give the benefit of the doubt Sometimes this is not always because the opposite of giving the benefit of the doubt is George, I always give you the benefit of the doubt, but then I continually throw myself under the bus. Now we're right back into that lane of resentment, right? Mm -hmm. So I give you the benefit of the doubt two, three times, and then you do it again. I'm like, George, oh my gosh, how are you not, how are you not hearing me right now? I asked for this and you keep missing the mark. So then we talk about it. Right. And that's really I'm hoping in that place of communication, each person saying what they need, maybe you who was misattuned saying, oh, my gosh, I haven't shared this with you, but I just had a huge crisis at work and I'm so in my head about work and I am not paying attention to what's going on here with you and our family right now. I apologize. Nice. That's probably all your partner's going to need. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I'm certainly guilty of that. And it usually happens when I'm tired and my, 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 my wife will want to that the scenario you just described, have a conversation about her day and vent a little bit and just articulate what's on our mind. And uh, I catch myself being impatient and wanting to move on and not listen or have a conversation. Um, 
So I'm sure that that's a big part of it is just becoming more mindful of how I'm responding. Yeah, absolutely. And you being tired, that's valid. Um, anybody with two full-time jobs and kids, it, we, we all get it. Um, I have a feeling your wife like might be more relational. Many women are, they just need to talk through things. That's probably, she probably finds a lot of deep connection when she gets to share with you at the end of the day. Maybe you don't need it as much, but she does need it. So George, that's what you need to hear. She needs it. You need to give her four or five minutes. Yeah. You know, when I, when I say it like that, you're like, Jesus, it's not that much. I can, I can, <laughs> I can listen. I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Give each other the benefit of the doubt, misattunement, not malice. That is powerful. All right. What is our third? Our third one, the healthiest couples talk about sex. Now, you know, because I'm a sex therapist, I was going to get sex in here somehow. So here it is. <laughs> this, I mean, this is one of the most powerful tips. It sounds so easy, yet so few couples do it. Now our younger generations are 20 and 30 somethings. They're doing a much better job than our generation has done, but we have to talk about sex. How do we expect that something that we're not talking about, we think is supposed to be natural, and I'm using air quotes there, is supposed to be great. There's nothing we do in our lives that we don't talk about or put intention towards that we think is gonna be great. I have couples who have spent more hours picking out a new refrigerator or washer and dryer than they have talking about their sex life. For sure. Right? And it just, it sounds crazy when you say it about that, when you say it like that. Um, but of course, couples come to me because they're like, oh, we have a desire discrepancy. So one partner wants more sex than the other, or our sex life isn't good, or my partner never wants to have sex. What's going on? And I always start with, how much are you talking about this? What's the language around sexuality? Um, because we're really talking about a language of connection too. And for some people, um, many men, physical touch is a love language. So physical touch for them kind of goes to sex. That's where they're feeling love. And so helping their partner understand that, and this could obviously be for her as well, but just really having this conversation, how do you feel loved? What role does sex have in that? What does sex mean to me? What does it mean to you? All that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And is, is one of the problems or challenges, opportunities, just not having those words and not wanting to use the wrong words? I think so. Say more though. Like what words would you, what words are you thinking would be potentially well, harmful? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's, um, I think you, you were saying, what does sex mean to you or, or, or what does love mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of going to screw it up. So yeah. I, and just because I think the more I have the words to describe or to start a conversation, um, it's, it's like, I don't have the right tool for this job. So I'm not going to be able to do it properly. If I don't, if I'm not able to articulate or even start the conversation about it, then I probably won't, then I'll, then, then I'll avoid it. Gotcha. That's a really good question. And, and it is a good point. So maybe you start with what's working. So you can go back to our tip number one. Hey, I really appreciate this about how we communicate, or I love this about our sex life, or could even be, I have been reminiscing about our sex life from a couple of years ago. Do you miss that? Because mm -hmm. I do. Okay. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, but you don't want to say, hey, our sex life sucks. What right. Do you think? <laughs> right. That's not a good lead. <laughs> right. No, uh-uh. So I, I think that that, that, that that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah. Okay. And that that is sort of the gateway into, okay, we're, we're now having this conversation instead of working around, working our way around each other and, and not knowing how to even enter into it. You know, Hey, I, I was just reminiscing. I was thinking about, you know, when we were just, you know, dating and how awesome that was and how much fun we had. What do you think about that? Or. Yeah. yeah I'm curious. What do you think of our sex life right now? Um, Cause I love having sex with you and I just, I wish we could be doing it more. Where, where are you with this? And there it is. Yeah. And yeah. now we're talking about it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it'll, it'll go slow. And, you know, once you kind of get through that initial phase from there in the weeks that are following, you can talk more specifically about experiences or acts that you're missing. Um, again, it's just amazing. Like that limerence phase at the beginning of relationships. So limerence is the clinical term for the honeymoon phase all of the fire and energy and creativity that happens in that phase, that phase is typically six months to 18 months, maybe two years where you just get that real fire. You can't keep your hands off of each other. That of course is gonna shift and change as the relationship goes more into deep attachment, but it doesn't have to be gone. It just takes a little bit more work. And talking about the elements you love from that phase, I think is a great place to start. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Well, Dr. Holly, the people are ready for that difference-making tip, even though you've already given us three. What do you have for them? <laughs> wow. Um, the difference-making tip for today. Um, I think I'd like to piggyback on my number two. Uh, I've just been feeling it's So it's giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt or it's letting ourselves off the hook is the word that I've really been working with over the last couple of weeks. Um, I am a therapist, but I am also a human just making mistakes, even at work, even in, in my family, with my partnerships. Um, I just am trying to be a little bit kinder, compassionate. So giving myself the benefit of the doubt, I'm not being malicious, letting myself off the hook. So I'm not continually walking around in guilt or shame, which doesn't serve anyone. So kind of really for me right now, just stepping up to the plate, making the apologies I may need to make, learning, doing things different, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we all go through these phases where we're like just plunged into the depths of the human experience. Um, and that's kind of what I've been wrestling with the last few weeks. Um, yeah, we're really complex creatures and we make mistakes and it doesn't mean we're bad people. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Yeah, we 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 have to extend ourselves the same grace that we extend others. So I think that that's well said. Thank you. Well, Dr. Holly, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Thank you for having me again. So Instagram is a great place. I'm at, at Dr. Holly Richmond, D-R-H-O-L-L-Y-R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D. My website is drhollyrichmond.com. Um, my courses, online courses, books, group coaching is at reclaimingyourpleasure.com. And the book is called Reclaiming Pleasure. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dr. Holly your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find her at drhollyrichmond.com. Find her on Instagram at drhollyrichmond. And find more information about um, 
about the courses and the coaching at reclaimingyourpleasure.com. Is that right, Dr. Holly? You got it. You got, got it. it. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Dr. Holly. Thank you so much. Love being with you, George. Have a great day. You as well. And until next time, keep fighting the good fights. We are all in this together.